Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 379. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carton. Ooh, everything is new. New headphones, new microphone thingy. I don't know if I'm crazy about. Background is a new thing. Gave the wife the nice bookcase that her father made because there were no books on it. So she said, why don't I take that and put some books on it? I'm like, okay, because you know what? I didn't have a leg to stand on. So yeah, it, everything everything is new. Everything you did except not have for, a book stand to stand on because if you did, it's all hard. I, if I was staying, yeah, it depends on, depends on how wobbly it was to start with. But anyway, here I am with my new setup and just, yeah, ready to make some magic. Every episode, Charlie, I look like I have a new setup because I know it's amazing. I'm in Bo's Tavern right now. So. Bo's, Bo's Cavern. That's right. Uh, yeah. So we're um, going to have a, a journey in this episode to the 1970s, where Charlie and I both were born and largely did not ab- absorb a lot of media because we were really too young, probably watching Sesame Street. But we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Before we do this, Charlie, oh my God, I picked this cover because I'm like, this oh. is the most like 90s cover ever. So it's much is going on. So kitchen I don't sink. know what's yeah. going on. So I, I yeah, Maximum Carnage. This, this is, was ma- yeah, this was Maximum Carnage. This was like a, I mean, it was a, it was a fourteen part event told across three titles. A simple if story. I, I'm not yeah. using Spider Man three seventy nine. Was this yeah, if I'm not mistaken, time or bimonthly at the time? You know, it might have just been monthly because if it was uh, bi weekly, the, the box would have said early July, late July. That was how okay. that's how they positioned okay. that. So, but with three titles, it was obviously coming out. Uh, you know, th- three out of every four weeks, you know, they, there was a, a different co- a different comic that was publishing. So, um, yeah, so this was part of so it was smack dab in the middle. I read Maximum Carnage not so long ago, and it just really does not hold up. Very cornball writing. I think that's your favorite artist there. With uh, that's Mark Bagley, who I know you of. Yeah, I know of whom I know you're not a fan, but yeah, this is like the the Sam Raimi Spider Man three of actual comics because you just got too much going on. Yeah, Venom, Carnage, okay, uh, and Spidey, which is what you'd be expecting from the storyline in general. But Doppelganger, which was a demonic Spider Man from another dimension, hey, Demogoblinger. I I don't even know. Is that the guy with the hood? That, that, no, no, no. Doppelganger is the, the Spider-Man with the six arms, but he's oh, a demon. So Demogoblin was choking, the yeah, he's choking Spider-Man. The Demogoblin was the original Hobgoblin, but during Inferno he made a deal with, he made a deal with Mephisto or whomever was running that deal and became a demon for whatever it is. And then you got Deathlock in the mix, and Deathlock is the, he was from the future, but it yes. was like, he was from 1993 if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which is when we, they, we, well, we it, yeah, he came from you know a comic in the 70s, so it was 20 years in the future. Um, but this came, this comic came out in 1993. This was yeah, this was a summertime deal. So yeah, this was uh, this was a summer between my junior and senior year in high school. Reading comics, still not dating girls, listening to music in my bedroom, watching Star Trek, and reading stuff like this. That was my life. The you bad old it. days of Marvel, as we could say. Bad old days of Marvel. 
you got it to it. So anyhow, um, one thing, uh, one person, I should say, who can always tell us about the good and the bad from times of days gone by, that would be our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb, down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Todd, I think it's time for us to hop in an Uber and go see what she's got going on with Madam Webb's rumors and news. Let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. I know you got excited when we said we were going to talk about the 70s this week, but unfortunately it's not 1870. So oh, you might be out when they're playing, you know, uh, what is it? We, uh, hoop and stick. And hoop they, were and talking yeah. about, they were talking oh. about those uh, fantastic like picture wheels. Right. Yeah, yes. And, yeah. The, the, po- the post-war construction rebuilding of Atlanta. <laughs> Where somebody <laughs> sent some pictures from one of those like big timey cameras with like the, the, oh, yeah. the cloud of the smoke. Hold yeah, still, hold still for picture. Hold yeah. still for 10 minutes while I take your picture. Clunk. And the, oh, and the my God. I gave you cancer. Yeah, it was a great time. Oh, my goodness. Well, Todd, this is some sad, sad, sad oh, wow. news. Yeah, it really jo- is. Joe Quesadilla, Joe Quesada, uh, executive and former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, is leaving. My God. He, um, yeah, talented dude. Uh, ben with, uh, became a Marvel editor at the end of the 90s, so kind of in the – talk about post-war construction. That was post-bankruptcy Marvel mm-hmm. uh, was the 1998, and that was going into – that was post-Heroes uh, Reborn Return. Uh, it, it was the beginning of what I thought was – I mean, it was, there was a new relaunch of Spider-Man with John Byrne. There was, of course, uh, the um, – Wade Perez Avengers run that I talk about all the time. The X-Men were starting to get their act together at that time, weren't they? I think they were kind of pulling out of the nineties. Yeah. Joss Whedon was kind of like a big part of that. Like, um, I mean, they had some good runs in the nineties, but when, uh, Joss Whedon came on to astonishing, you had, uh, Grant Morrison on new X-Men. I mean, that there was some cool comics coming out and, but yeah, I mean, really, I mean, he kicked it off because he started, I don't know if you remember the Marvel Knights line, Oh yeah, um, with yeah, with Daredevil, Daredevil by Kevin Smith and the Punisher. It was like, and uh, Jessica Jones. That's when that uh, character came out. That was around the same thing in two thousand two thousand one. We got the Ultimate Lions, so was Ultimate Avengers, which was really kind mm-hmm. of gritty. Yeah, uh, the re- you know the Ultimate Spider Man, which dollars for donuts. If you're a new reader, and I said this when Sean Capri was on a couple of weeks ago, th- I would read that and just stick with that because th- those hundred and forty issues of that. So that ran for you know. 12 to 15 years gave us Miles Morales. That was just, you know, if you can pinpoint a time period where um, something was really working for Marvel in the last 30 years, I, I would call it this without a doubt, you know, kind of under his reign. So, so he's leaving. Oh, yeah. where, where, where is he going? Um, you know, I don't know if we really got a, a true, I mean, typically until they're gone, they don't say where they're going. I don't know if it's contractually or whatever, uh, but as of right now, they are not uh, pointing to any future career goals. But I mean, I, I don't think he's ready to retire. I mean, he's been there for 20 years, though, so maybe he's looking for something new. But he has definitely dipped his toe into more than comics. He's into the creative. He's into the, you know, uh, you know, production and consulting for TV and movies. So I could see him being poached maybe by another or, or like a media company, definitely, to adapt products and, and you know, IP. Because it seems like 
that's a very valuable, uh, you know, uh, ability to do that, especially with Marvel. And, and I always said, you know, I mean, he, he, he was known as primarily an artist. Um, he and Jimmy Palmiotti, they teamed up and did a bunch of different books. I mean, I remember when he did, he did the, the his first big book was The Ray by DC. His art was mm-hmm. iconic, really beautiful. Yeah. Then he did a bunch of other comics and stuff for Valiant. But then he came in and just really became more of a, a, a creative, like you said, Charlie, editor, really came in to really mm-hmm. guide Marvel in the right way. And I think without Casada, we would not have the MCU because a lot of his ideas formed a lot of the ideas. Well, yeah, a lot of, the, yeah, the ultimate, really the ultimates even, uh, you know, the ultimate Spider-Man really, I think drove Raimi Spider-Man. I think a lot of those same ideas from that ultimate Avengers really drove. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. And all those storylines. Yeah, I mean, and think about, um, you know, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Soldier storyline. Those storylines don't happen unless you get the editorial and publishing team on board to tell really unique stories. And right, and yeah, I mean, so it's it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I mean, of what he brought Marvel to the table. I mean, coming on, like you said, after they had basically gone into bankruptcy, and then to come on board. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Congrats, Joe. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody has the right to move on and you know spread their wings. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's, it's the end of an era. So it will be certainly interesting to see kind of what becomes of that, without a doubt. So, uh, anyway, speaking of um, new, changing, crazy stuff, we've got some Deadpool three news uh, coming out of uh, the writers' room for that film, which is clearly in production. Uh, of course, Deadpool, famously the two very raunchy films produced uh, by the Disney studios in 2016 and 2019, I think uh, one and two Um, now, obviously the property of Disney, uh, but the writers are saying, don't expect Deadpool to be watered down to Disney standards, which I like. So Todd, you're the, you're the X-Men guy. So you go right ahead. Yeah. I mean, Deadpool was such a interesting creation because he essentially was a, a no name when he first appeared and Liefeld was a big guy uh, that had a hand in creating him. He was the creator of Deadpool, but he wasn't the guy that we know as he is today. That really came from other writers. Um, and the fact that Fox existed and thought this is a good idea and Ryan Reynolds championed this project, I think he fake dropped uh, like a like a like a proof of concept of what Deadpool could be. And it, you know, with the, the shoop song and everything like that, I mean, it's amazing. I mean that this happened and, and this is, I think if this was Disney under its current banner now and Deadpool was pitched, I don't think it would be approved. So the fact that it exists now and how do you bring that into the MCU? They're, they're committed. It sounds like Disney's committed to making this R rated. So how do you balance Marvel having more mature, properties well i mean if they do it right absolutely you know and we had talked about this in weeks past that with the the netflix marvel shows the daredevil punisher whatever it is coming over to disney plus within the last few months i remember that day it's like march 31st it's like well you got to submit your age and you know blah blah blah, and give a you know there's mature content now so tick this box and sign this agreement all the ass covering stuff that they would do to make sure that your five-year-old is not watching you know the deadpool movie um you know on disney plus you know so the yeah they realize that you know there's you got to go where the money is um those films are profitable and uh you know the 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 logic of any sequel is to 
glom onto the stuff that people loved about the first one, give them more of it, or keep the story continue, um, and you know, and and put butts in seats. So Disney is not dumb, even if they're Disney-ish and you know, kind of some of their reputation, whatever it is, they're um, they're flexing. So this is them flexing their 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 business acumen to really realize what's what. So you know what, good for them. Do it. D- you know, give us give us uh, the pantheon of stuff because yeah, it's there's there is no entertainment that one's that's one size fits all. Not everything's going to be the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Sean Levy is coming on to be a director uh, to direct Deadpool three. He and Ryan Reynolds did Free Guy together, so that's pretty cool. Um, now, Charlie, I'm going to pitch an idea. Um, what if we say there is a Earth, but it is the mature Marvel Earth, <laughs> and this is where Deadpool exists? The mature multiverse. Yeah, because it never yeah. even really seemed because, you know, the Deadpool Earth, as it were, the universe would always seem very tongue in cheek. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it didn't really seem that it took place in any, even a. Uh, even in uh, Fox X-Men dimension, it didn't really seem it, like it took place there. So um, it was always yeah. tongue in cheek when it was like with Colossus and it, it, when they try to play in that universe, yeah, it always felt like it was disconnected or not right. really connected. Right. But, Cause um, yeah. Cause, cause again, it's really, it's played for laughs. So it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be ha ha funny. Where they go. I mean, yeah. if, if this works and Deadpool has connect, is connected to the X-Men in that case, um, I think, allowing Deadpool to kind of be that like wacky fourth wall kind of maybe just letting him explain how the X-Men come into the, into right. the MCU would be absolutely oh hilarious. It's just oh, like, this is how it was done. And he draws with those little Crayola Crayolas and the, you know, the pictures. <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah. I like it. Make it. So, so anyway, I would imagine this is in production and we would see this, uh, no sooner than a year from now, if it's, you know, we're talking writing room. So 2024 is kind of the odds. I'm like, unless this, I'm glad it's not going to be like, Oh, when we're moving Deadpool, it's going to be a series on Hulu. Oh yeah, please. Yeah. (laughs) Deadpool definitely works good in those. It's like, you know, the relatives that you, that you, you you can always take in small doses or as we get older, we love to, you know, spend time with our parents in small doses. (laughs) That's pretty it's like perfect. Peacemaker. Peacemaker kind of took that and did six episodes, but it was kind of constantly someone was pointing yeah, right. out how dumb Peacemaker was or right. people commenting it. Deadpool doesn't have really that person, but I right. can definitely see him. I mean, who would you like to see Deadpool team up with, Charlie, before we transition on the next story from the um, I mean, he's uh, in the comics, and there have been ongoing series. Him and Spider-Man really clicked. Um, who would be great with him to team up with? In, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I I, lo- I loved. I enjoyed reading those Deadpool Spider Man comics, those series. So I think that would be kind of neat, but it would have to be tongue in cheek and, and kind of the same fashion. But who's really tonguey and cheeky in the? I think a team up with Captain Marvel. I think oh, somebody that go. would not tolerate any crap. Right. <laughs> Right, but you can destroy uh, right, him okay. and come back, right? He just grow right. a new limb. <laughs> yeah, right. He can be blown in half. He can be just a head. He can be exactly. just a head. That's amazing. Or like, so. like a vision, maybe vision comes back. Like personalityless vision in Deadpool. That'd be pretty funny too. There you go. To boy talk straight man. Talk, talk about yeah. Talk about an odd couple. You know, uh, sitcom for the ages. My goodness. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, Todd, you and I 
because uh, we were a year apart, so you were, you, were, you were in high school at the same time that I was, but you will remember on MTV when they were dipping their toe into not just showing mindless music videos, and they gave us animated programming for the first time. We got we got Daria, we got the Eon Flux later on, but first and foremost, if I remember my time frame correctly, was Beavis and Butthead. Yes, this dropped in. 1992-93 and they I think they were short were they shorts I mean they, they, it was it was it was a no, show was a about TV nothing show. regardless it okay. was a TV show and they would put those they would watch videos right. and that would be part of right. it and they would have like weird storylines like they go right. and do weird things yeah that yeah, that sounds about right. So this went on for through, like I said, this came out ninety two, so or maybe ninety three, ninety four. So this dragged on for three or four years uh, until they had a feature film, Beavis and Butthead to America, where they were, you know, it was a road trip thing with a biker gang and blah blah blah. And I can't even believe I remember that much about it. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a film, yay! Direct to video, yay! So you don't, and this is going to be on Paramount Plus. Awesome, um, and I love Paramount Plus. Obviously, being the home of Star Trek, I think this is fitting. So the film picks up in 1998, just as our duo are sent to space camp, which kicks off a series of events that lead them onto the space shuttle. And what the trailer describes is the dumb, the dumbest science fiction film ever made. Well, that sums it right up. I. Don't know how this would be appealing to anyone, but but Gen Xers like ourselves. I don't know. Do you th- do you think there's a modern audience for this? The thing is, Gen Xers like ourselves. Are, Gen Xers like ourselves are the people that subscribe to Paramount Plus because they have all the CBS stuff, right? Well, I guess they'd be yeah, a little bit older. Than I guess. Us. Yeah, I guess. I mean, who, who can't get enough of that? Oh my God! But anyway, quite a cast: uh, Tig Notaro, uh, Gary Cole, Chai McBride, Stephen Root. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang, Martin Starr. So you got you got some some voice talent. You got some comedic talent in the mix. Plus, I love Tiggs. Great on Star Trek. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I will certainly, you know, for the you know the member berries for the nostalgia. I'll be tuning into this. And this is on on June twenty three. So it's just on in a couple of weeks. So yeah, I'm in. You know, it's dumb. Todd, did you find yourself watching much of this back in high school? Beavis and Butthead was kind of a phenomenon in the, like you said, 92, 93. I was yep. going to college. This was something we watched weekly in the dorm. It was dumb, stupid fun. Uh, Mike Judge, I mean, that's just how we became famous. Did Office Space after this, did King of the Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, just... just uh, I'm surprised it's coming back, but you know what? What do we love, Charlie? Bring them back because we're nostalgic, exactly. Right. So well, and again, you know, we've we've reached the age where they know that there's still plenty of us that are going to be like, oh man, I love Top Gun. Oh man, I loved Jurassic Park again. You know, even though they've continued to make mm-hmm. those movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you know, it, you're right. It's like they're going down the list. What else can we resurrect? Let's bring back Coming to America, which which they did, remember, <laughs> which they did. <laughs> they well, exactly. Back, I know two and zero. Oh. They brought they, back yeah. I mean, they're yeah, they they bring back everything. Yeah, it's but, um, it, it's not exclusively that there's no new ideas because there's definitely original stuff that's coming out that's different. You know, uh, Stranger Things, which we're going to talk about later on, mm-hmm. is is new, but again, it's it's retro because everybody loves the '80s. Well, again, you know, uh, the '90s really even you know like you know how fa- fashion is cyclical now. Apparently, fashion from the 2000s is coming back because fashion goes in about a 20 year window. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, yikes. Um, but again. 
you and I were, you know, legal ass adults by the time the early 2000s. So we had no fashion, you know, we were probably just, yeah, you were, and you were, and you were in the air force. So there was your, that was what you were wearing. Yeah. I had very little to worry about with business casual, but I would say right. with Beavis and Butthead, at least they always, they were kind of like that, like the dumb, like metalhead, but they were always right. a commenter on what was going on. So it's almost right. they're that 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 entity that was not afraid to say the idiocy that was going on. Right. And this one is weird because it says it's taking place in 1998. So that's an odd take. Going to 98, I would like to see Beavis and Butthead's take on now, not 98. Right. Well, uh, potentially, if this was hugely successful, maybe it's like, and now Beavis and Butthead are in 2025, and here's what they're you know like as adults, still living in a trailer, shitty apartment or a trailer park because they never. Well, they did show there. some odd like multiverse things going on where the Watchers show up that look just like Beavis and Butthead. So maybe we'll, okay. we'll get them do the time travel. Get a little taste. All right. Times. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. I think they can make that work. So anyway, yes, I I will watch this. They've got me. It'll be stupid, but much like with everything, when you have ADD, I'm watching it, but I'm also, you know, putting content on SFU and looking at my phone and chatting with 50 different people. So it's good that it's not going to be in the theaters because that might be painful. Yeah. And it's only two hours long. It's a movie. So it's not like they have to worry about it, you know, staying too long. Right. Exactly. Correct. So, okay. I will let you take this next one because I'm kind of, but I don't know. I know that you, you enjoy the whole, this kind of scene. So you go right ahead. Yeah, so um, there's this thing now where we've seen this, uh, at least I've entered this realm of, I saw Harry Potter, I believe, and the Goblet of Fire, um, and they basically took an orchestra, and they were performing the um, the score behind the movie showing to a large crowd. Okay, there you go. It was very, very cool. And I enjoyed it heavily because when you're there and you're hearing like the actual like instruments playing that score, it's it's just it just feels like a theatrical, almost like yeah. almost like where you're at at the actual musical theater, like on Broadway mm. or something. Hearing something dramatic, but also with something familiar with on screen, Legit, um, so legit, what, legitimate theater. So, yeah. uh, and and I would imagine it would be a somewhat difficult balance to make sure that your audio levels are synchronized, so it's oh, not yeah. it's not drumming it out. Yeah. So, the, and the, the this story is really all about how DC is dipping into this well and is going to do the same thing with their movies. Um, okay. And I believe the Lord of the Rings has also done the same thing. So okay. Warner Brothers. So you can kind of see Warner Brothers, you know, with Harry Potter, the Lord of the Rings, and now this uh, kind of a big deal. Uh, so right. they are announced that they are going to uh, this this. Uh, entertainment company called TCG is partnering with DC to do these global uh, touring film concert series. And as of right now, uh, they're apparently going to do the Batman justice league, black Adam and the flash. Well, it's a, um, it, well, it says it, I'm scrolled for that. It says Shazam, the sequel the Aquaman sequel. And then you yeah, have the flash, but it does mention Tim Burton's Batman. Now that I would go see. Yeah, because that, it's because, because it, it's it, yeah exactly it's you know na 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 it was the you know it's the it's the most iconic Batman score after na 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 Batman you know what I'm saying even though I mean I liked the from the Nolan built Batman I liked that theme as well but nothing will ever uh, surpass I think uh, the Tim Burton uh, the Danny Elfman score from that, uh, mm-hmm. that 89 film. Um, because, you know, we then saw it a couple of years later in the animated series, which introduced Batman to in really an entire generation, five days a week, which that's another series. 
you know, part and parcel, I'm sure I've seen all of it, but it's one of those like, man, I got to sit down and watch this again, and I just never get around to it. So, um, but it, it's awesome. It's like I said, it's very, it's very iconic, and for anyone who enjoyed that film, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty academic, I would say. But yeah, that would be the one. I just don't know. I don't know if I can enjoy this format for something I'm seeing for the first time. I feel like it might have a distraction factor that might be a, a little too much, but for something, you know, like, like that Tim Burton Batman, I think that would click for me because I'm so familiar with it. And it would might serve to enhance something that I'm already very fond of, you know, yeah, we're, I, don't, we're, I, don't, we're, I wouldn't we're, see this. I wouldn't see this in a, like the movie I've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. But that's exactly what they're proposing here. Cause they apparently have all they did their, it with yeah. the Joker, uh, which I was oh, not okay. aware of. They did it with the Joker. Um, and apparently this person even points out that they did, uh, they did a live performance with an old film psycho, uh, back oh. in 2010, which I'm like, that's pretty cool because wow. it has a very, so, I mean, this is, this is something not for everybody, but for some people who like a different experience, mm-hmm. Uh, with a movie, you know, like we said, this could be very cool. Avengers could do this. Other franchises, Star Wars, definitely. It fits with John Williams. Definitely could be something that could happen as well. So it's coming. uh, Apparently, uh, they'll announce dates later this year. But um, yeah, that's very, very cool. Um, I was going to have another story, Charlie, but basically someone's creating almost like an escape room with DC Mm -hmm. properties. I'm like, that could be fun too. So I like taking the properties and doing more with them than just on the screen or thing and making them more interactive like this could be a cool new way to enjoy properties you love. Right. Very cool. All right. Well, moving on, we have uh, to, to wrap things up unless I didn't have all the windows open. Yes. To wrap things up, we have a very tongue in cheek, um, uh, basically fantasy night take uh, from Joey King, who I've seen, and she's kind of up and coming. I remember, I remember her from that god awful uh, Independence Day sequel. She was in that. Oh, that's boy. that's like the thing I could be annoying kid. Yeah, as an annoying kid, yeah, because that was oh, back perfect. in 2016. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Um, but because, that, yeah, that film was right for annoying kids. But she was in the act in the kissing booth, clearly not my demo. But, um, yeah, she's starring as the eponymous royal daughter betrothed against her will to a sadistic and thoroughly unsuitable match and locked in a tower within the, her father's castle for troublemaking ways. And that's when she just decides to go buck nuts and whoop some ass, which is what happened. This oh, it's a great trailer. This is just nuts. Is this is a uh, this is a Hulu original, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh my gosh! And we're getting that we're getting this on July first weekend. I have that whole. I love. I love the first week of July for a lot of different reasons. A, um, my anniversary is July five. It'll be eight years for April and I this year. Nine years together. It's very exciting. Love July fourth. We always have a nice big July fourth party here at the house, and we also have a list of. Um, films that we like to watch that are kind of July 4th centric. I don't think this is going to fall onto it, but also this year I took that whole week off. So we might do something fun. Like we might go to the UP or at least spend some time Mm. at the beach or something. So I love that first week in July. It's probably one of my favorite times of year. Plus Todd, as you know, there are rare, there are a few things in in the Midwest in particular that beat a, a Michigan summer. We, we, we have it all. So there plug, plug, plug pure Michigan. You know what? Ditch, uh, ditch Tim the tool man and send me that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this is perfect timing. Holiday weekend, people can watch this thing. Um, and I think it's fun because it is basically turning the, the, the narrative of a princess that needs to be rescued. And the it, it, it is kind of funny because Dominic Cooper, we know as being heroic and things like that, He's the bad prince, or the bad prince that wants to marry the princess against her wishes, and right. this should be a lot of fun. Um, just that one scene where she's jumping over the balcony on that 
one guy. Oh, he tackles like, a dude and goes down like holy ten cow. stories. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a, that was a gamble. So, but anyway, yeah, it looks very tongue in cheek. And she's like, "You effed with the wrong princess." And she's kicking and stabbing. And I'm like, "I, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Let's, let's do it." Yeah, and Hulu's getting some movies that are tied to like other Disney properties or things like that. That's great. Um, I love seeing new things that are just, they look like it's going to be fun. So we'll see who this is coming out and I'm sure it'll be uh, something we'll talk about in the future. Indeed we shall. Well, with that, we take a wrap on the news. Say goodbye to Madam Webb, but it is time. I do. I did install the app last week so we can get the Skug Uber down to Nasty Town. That's right. We're going to the Geek Easy, talk a little bit about stuff we're enjoying. So let's go now. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the geek easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Charlie, so much new TV. Whether you're on Disney, Amazon Prime, in the theater, or Netflix. Uh, anything else I missed? Oh, Paramount Plus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Service. Every service. Yeah. There you go. So, so where do you want to kick off? The Boys? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so The Boys is back since, God, the last episode's aired at the end of 2020. I think in fall of 2020 is when we had season two. This show is nuts. Now, we talked about it back then. Uh, I was I was a year, a little over a year late to the game. And then I thought, oh, we'll try this. And we just started watching. It's just completely insane. It's the series, if you're not familiar with it, is what if the Justice League were a bunch of sociopathic, murderous dipshits? That's the boy. So, yeah, you've got Homelander, who is the, the worst of the worst of Superman. Um, and this, you know, an evil corporation, Vought, and uh, this group of um, unpowered people uh, that are committed to taking them down. So, yeah, so we're, we're starting season three. Uh, we're finding out that our, our group is divided. Uh, it's a year Huey, later, right? It's, yeah, a year later. Huey, who was played by the awesome, I was, Jack, what, Jack, oh my Jack God, Quaid. Was, Jack, I was going to say Jack Ryan. He's not Jack Ryan. No, Mick Ryan not, is his, Mick Ryan is his mom. Either. He's not Jack Reacher. Uh, yeah, Jack Quaid, whom, I, whom I've met on stage in Chicago, blah, uh, is now working with a congresswoman who we find out right away is actually the big bad. Oh, spoilers, well, everyone. Spoilers, everyone. No, we did actually find out at the end of last season she was the big bad that was making people's heads That's blow true. up. That's true. That's Yeah, we did find that out. But that is that is then discovered in episode two – by Huey and in a confrontation that he stumbles upon with her. So now, um, so now he's kind of finding out that his whole life is a fraud. Uh, he is hooked up with starlight, but then starlight is kind of moving up in the seven politically and Homelander just starts to fucking unravel. I mean, you know, his, his girlfriend was the Nazi, uh, Stormfront, storm, stormfront, storm, I think Stormlight. it was. Star- no, I think it was Stormfront. Stormfront you think you know, you're right, Stormfront. Yeah, it's 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 Starlight. I don't know, whatever it is. But anyway, yeah, she was a she was a closet Nazi. She was crippled at the end of the last uh, season. I, I for some reason I didn't realize she like actually survived. Yeah, well, I mean, she's just she's a stump. She's Anakin, you know. Yeah. She, at the end of this, she's all melted. One and shit, eye, so. one arm. Yeah, it's turned. still still with a hand that she can you know in one sense she can no, jerk no, him no off. No hand gestures. Oh for no, no hand gestures. Sorry, the show requires no. We yeah, don't have to I mean, add anything to the imagination because when you have know. an opening segment where that has a you know coked out uh, Ant Man character who unfortunately no, ex- no, explodes no, someone no, else. Nope, nope, no, not nope. saying anymore. Not saying anymore. Um, this show is. Yeah, April and I are watching. It's a lot of oh god, ooh, yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah. I mean, it's 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 there's just really 
I mean, after a while, it's like, oh God, it's it's just gore. I mean, it's a yeah. lot of gore porn, which you, I mean, I, I'm like, ooh, that's that's rough. That's. Ooh, I mean, yeah, I I I for sure still enjoy the show, but it's it, it is kind of becoming gore for gore's sake, and I don't I don't I'm know that I'm, that I'm crazy even about is like that. this because this is almost like right. I mean, if to rate it, if it, I mean, it's on like a streaming service, but to rate this as like a movie, sometimes right. like the, for violence, even like NC seventeen, it just seems really. I, it's 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 a bit bad. out there. Yeah, it's I mean, a, it, it's I like the show there. a lot, but I'm like, <laughs> ooh, I cringe at times. I'm like, Oof. I know, like I said, in the same thing with us. So anyway, uh, the first three episodes dropped on Friday. We're recording this on a Sunday, and I think it's a Friday drop, but it'll be a single episode every time. And I would imagine the prior seasons were eight episodes, eight or ten. So yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah we'll, be, we'll be knocking this out for a good portion of the rest of the summer. So anyway, tune in Amazon Prime. You probably have it anyway because it comes along with Amazon Prime Unlimited. And who the hell doesn't have that, for God's sakes? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's really it's I mean, I every time I think I know where they're going, they go elsewhere. Yeah, and it's exactly. pretty, pretty rough. Although so, I will say I like the I mean, I'm partway through three and I like the fact that bringing in Soldier Boy and right. kind of looking at kind of the original origins of Vought and things like that too, which is kind right. of cool. Yeah, I really like this. Being a prequel right. using flashbacks in a right. fashion. Yeah, and the flashback to yeah to Nicaragua in the early eighties yeah. and stuff, and just show, yeah, I thought that was. And the, you learn um, the origin of Black Noir and why he wears masks. Yeah. And great. That was surprising because I, was I wasn't cool. sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool. So we'll anyway, see a, we see the young founder as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very cool. Good stuff. Yeah, but yeah, finish up watching that. And again, that drops Fridays on Amazon Prime. But uh, real quick, uh, because Todd, I don't know how far along you are. I doesn't sound like you're a big fan of the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Over, I'm, I'm caught up. I'm, I'm yeah, caught up. but it's not. It's not. It's not knocking your socks off. And Todd, we've had this debate time and again. Star Wars, not not your top tier. And you're not. You're not a crazy wild fan. It tends. To, it seems to kind of let you down in the flavor department. Which Specifically. I Anything before the original the original trilogy. Anything before that, yeah. I feel like it's just like, eh, who cares? And yeah. this one is definitely, it's predictable. This is a very predictable show. Kind of well, where they're going. And I we will, know he's yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, we know where he's going. And they're bringing characters That's, from the Clone right. Wars, which unfortunately, when it comes to those characters from the Clone Wars, it's like we get to the original trilogy, and guess what? All those cool things are not there. So it kind of feels like, yeah, you got all these cool tools and none of them are used. I kind of feel like, are they going to explain why like none of the cool stuff is in the original trilogy, like the Inquisitors, all these extra soldiers and things. It just feels like adding those things adds no value to the original trilogy because it feels like the Empire was like, it's a bunch of stormtroopers and that's it. And thank you for coming to Todd's TED Talk about Star Wars. But I digress. <laughs> I know, I, I, I understand. I understand. But um, for those of us who are a little more forgiving of such, Mark, myself, April, other people, you know, we're uh, Katie who's joining us for do a show tomorrow. We've enjoyed it very much. However, I will concede to the point that you're right. The stakes are low. You know, he's going to live. You know, Leia's going to live. Uh, you know, Vader's going to live. Um, so the, the, the only real stakes are the, you know, the, the consequences of what's going to happen with the new characters. Reva, who's one of the inquisitors. She apparently killed the grand inquisitor, but you know, he's going to, he's not really dead because he's in rebels, which is, you know, eight years after this. And so, yeah, yeah you're right. I, I get you that it's like the stakes are, you know, we've talked about this before um, with not only star Wars, but obviously other franchises. When you go back and do a prequel, your, your, your stakeholder level is way low. If you're playing with a younger version of the same character. So I got you, you know, I suppose the argument could be made for the other thing I would talk about was the Strange New Worlds because you've got uh, Spock in it, played by the third, 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 and I think 
second to Leonard Nimoy because I was never thrilled with Zachary Quinto's portrayal of the character in the JJ movies. Um, but I would say without a doubt, Anson Mount, you know, has expanded upon the Captain Pike character, uh, which was only really seen in two forms in the original series, the pilot, which never aired. So people saw it for the first time in the 1980s. And then portrayed by a different actor who is in a who is in a chair uh who can only respond one beep for yes two beeps for no so it wasn't really acting so anson mount is a great actor he's done a great job with the character working on the hair um but because he's a favorite of mine to cosplay but yeah we had we had another great episode this week which i've not seen but uh it was uh it was a little bit more tongue-in-cheek it was about spock uh, and his and his 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 girlfriend, who is Tapring, who you end up seeing in the Amok Time episode, of the original series, where he goes through Ponfar. He's got to fight Kirk with the Lurpas, and it's got that dun 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 dun. Bum, 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 bum. You know the music I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I find you should well, that with an orchestra. Oh my God! Yeah, watch Star Trek with the original orchestra. Um, I find the Spock and Tapring stuff kind of vaguely annoying because, again. Vulcans made every seven years and they don't really seem to like have relationships in between. So it's not like, Oh, and um, you know, if you're not married to someone like, well, well, you know, we made it for the first time because I was going through pound far. And so they're kind of stepping around this, but again, with everything with this show, they're still finding ways to take tropes and, and, and make updates to the original series in a way that has been the best of new Trek for me. Like, you know, Katie over, you know, my, my co-host on Code 47 has given me a great new appreciation for Lower Decks, which is nothing like this because it's it's very satirical, it's animated, but this is the best of what they've done, particularly coming off of such a disappointing season of Picard, in my opinion. If you loved it, at me, at me over on Twitter, at the C3. Tell me why you love Picard season two, because we sure didn't. Um, but this show, this show is nailing it. So Todd, I encourage you to get caught up. This was a fun yeah, episode. And uh, gave us a new uniform. We got an updated version of Kirk's. More, more uniforms? More okay. uniforms. Well, it was, it, it, it was, you know, this one This one is fair. because a former member of the military. We got one uniform every 20 years. Right. But you did have different ones for different occasions. Correct? Correct. But we didn't get new versions of those every year. Correct. We had one yes. service dress, one mess dress, and that, right. and that was good for 20 to 30 years. Right. Not like... Oh, it's a new episode. And, 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 at any rate, this was actually an updating of something for the original series. You know, Captain Kirk had kind of the wraparound that was an olive yes. green. They updated that, and it's beautiful. And I can't wait for my customer to crank one out because I want one. You know what I mean? It's 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 a oh, good God, Those are horrible. <laughs> but horrible this, I'm telling you, what, it, it, and it absolutely so like, I saw Pike in it, and I'm like, yeah, that looks lame. <laughs> Oh, come on the original i didn't like the original because with shatner he was a little too built like a normal person so it was it was showed it was a little too tight charlie it's a dumb look it is the, the, the it's not a good look it's not a good look it Agre- looks like a onesie it looks it looks it's it's not a onesie but it's it's yeah it's a bad look. I agree to disagree anyway that's, that's my fine look. but that's me looking at military uniform that that looks like a horrible look compared to you, some of the other ones they you do. don't really think that your commanding officer colonel what's his butt would have been wearing one of those <laughs> no because they're just ridiculous but uh, oh well i understand I did anyway. say that um i did want to say in obi-wan kenobi one question about that one problem i have with that series is if he's expected to, to protect luke why is he sad sack and not training why is he not ripped not in good shape you know what? like not attached to the force well, you get it he's right because he's got to protect someone from anything. And he's like, beyond just like shooting a laser beam, he's just not very 
in a good anything. I would say that he is clinically depressed, honest to God, which is which is very human. I get it. But and I, I think that's it. Luke, so I would be so solo focused on this is what I got to do. I'm but not going to look at the rest of the stuff. He's, I would say he's clinically depressed. He's also focused on not getting caught. Okay. Because he's in look his cave at, and he can work out. He can do, he can cross, cross. You, you, you think that he could have a montage? I think maybe so. He'll have, maybe Before he'll go back to and we see he'll, he'll go back to he'll go back to Tatooine and he'll have like a yeah, he'll have a Rocky yeah, Force style yeah. montage. Obi Wan is unforgiven for Star Wars, and to me, it's, yeah. it's an old story that unfortunately I, it's not, this is not a new twist on it. It feels like I, yeah, he's eventually going to come back, and we know what Vader's doing. He is playing with Obi Wan, getting him to, to come out and torture him some more. So I feel like this one is just. Unless they use something else in Flim Flam, I know exactly where this is going, which is essentially back to status quo. Luke and Leia are not detected by Vader. Yeah. And, and scene. Todd, yes. let's move on. Why don't you yes. tell us about um, what you I did? Enjoy. I did wrap up Discovery, just let you know. I enjoyed okay. so I still enjoy Discovery, but I really think that show needs a new focus not being a story of a, a long story arc. I think they need to right. really reevaluate their focus on the on the crew and do and, some more star trekky kind of stuff i agree with well you. i think and they just got to get off this burnham solves every mystery she's right. she you can't just have your captain be the answer to everything picard was well, i that mean way. kirk was that kirk way Kirk was that way right but, but that yeah. was not consistent but you didn't see janeway do that you didn't see um you know the other captains i just think it's a I, bad trait and a bad I, the thing i struggle with with discovery is kind of the forced uh, the shoehorning in of the bridge crew this season in particular, like, and now Commander Bryce is going to have some lines. And now, um, you know, uh, Owasakin is going to have some lines where before they were just their background bridge characters. It wasn't like the TNG cast where here's a Riker episode. Here's a Troy episode. Here's a Crusher episode because they were all starring. They were all co-starring characters where these guys just aren't. So yeah, I I agree with you. But anyway, yeah, they need to work on that. Yeah, they need to work on that and making have them have standalone episodes and not right. just be like to your point, Charlie. They have a breakthrough for two seconds and then we're right. moving on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. Speaking of moving on, what do you got? Uh, Bob's Burgers movies saw that last weekend. Um, this is a movie for Bob's Burgers fans. If you do not like Bob's Burgers, this movie will not change your mindset. But it is a ninety-minute Bob's Burgers episode. It's very similar to The Simpsons. I would right. say it's very much wondering. in that lens about basically better animation, better budget, um, and expanding one storyline. And that's really all it was. But they expanded it and made it more of a musical, which was very fun. Mm -hmm. um, the voice talent was great and just really enjoyed it. I, I don't know what else to say. Bob's Burgers was a blast. I don't know when this is coming to a streaming service. Most likely it's coming to Hulu because right. that's where it lives now. So maybe 45 days because apparently that's the new Disney thing, Charlie. That's the, well, Strange, I mean it, now, Dr. Strange yeah. is 45 days later. It used right. to be 90. So. Well, I mean, if you if you really think about it, and especially with summer films, I mean, let's look at it, and I, I had just sh uh, shared early box office stuff with you. Um, you know, top, you know, Tom, you know, Tom, the Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun has has pitched up, but in a lot of ways it's peaked because Jurassic World uh, Dominion comes out next weekend, which will make the 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 Top Gun movies go into the toilet. Um, so there has to be a point after that six week period where the studio says, now let's get it out to the streamers. 
get some more eyeballs on it, and then we can see if that will, you know, maybe we can add some streaming numbers that way. I would have to imagine, or sticking advertisements in between it for people who have packages that don't have ads or something. So as as opposed to keeping it in the theaters where they could yeah. roll out something else or make, Six you know. Six is essentially all a movie makes at the it's place. Yeah, it's it's a life. Unless you're Morbius. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a new story we didn't touch. They. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Sony. So yeah. Sony decided to drop Morbius again, and it flopped again, which is terrific. <laughs> yeah. The, the the internet meme of morbing and all that stuff was just ridiculous. Well, they had. They, they, they was over yeah. on the Weekly Planet. They called it Monthbius because it was yes. a month of Morbius. It was very Morbius. Yeah. Morbius. Yeah. yeah. With Mars. Yeah. So yeah. You know what? It's like snakes on a plane. Sometimes those things just don't deliver. And no. So that's no it. delivery. Uh, so yeah, Bob's Burgers is probably going to be on Hulu in probably forty-five days. So yeah, I, I, I had to ask April about that because we were trying to find a movie to go to on Friday night because we just wanted to get out of the house. And I was telling you and John, we went to go see a subtitled French film about the dude who built the Eiffel Tower, which was it was fine, it was fine. But uh, yeah, one of the other the other choice was Bob's Burger. And she's like, I think I know it, but I just don't think so. So we didn't go. But I mean, I, I'll watch it on Hulu because I enjoy Bob's Burgers. There but probably weren't I, many songs about burgers in your movie, Charlie. But that's okay. No, you know they they were drinking espresso and wine, and there was some boobs in there. So I was I was perfectly satisfied. Okay, well, very nice. Well, and then lastly, um, Stranger Things season four has come out. It's dropping in two parts, essentially. I believe mm-hmm. back in July, we'll get the second half. The first half is like eight episodes. Is that right? Seven, seven, seven episodes. So I've watched through three. Are you done with seven then, Charlie? We finished it because it's funny. I was telling you and John, I said, we can only watch that show first thing in the morning before the sun comes up or at night when the sun's gone down because it is so dark and our TV sits opposite to two windows on the back wall that the glare is bad during the day and that show is so dark. Um, But yeah, we finished it early this morning. Got it. So yeah, you do need a... Because I mean, it's upside down, it's dark, it's scary. Sure. But even even because it's in the 80s, even when somebody's inside, it's all that... It's the 80s, all the wood paneling and stuff and low lights, so it's just like... Neon lights, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So so it's it's you know we're basically I think a year later um, from the last season where we basically have now established multiple groups. We've got the one family living in California with eleven there to kind Mm -hmm. of establish a new life, and then we've got the other uh, team here. You know, basically uh, in in the old town and the teens are growing up and the story is getting more mature as we get it. And just, there's a lot of collateral damage with what happened. And, you know, 11 doesn't have powers and, um, you know, Billy died and we've just, people are dealing with real problems and we obviously know where, um, Hopper is in, in Russia. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm through episode three, so I can't really divulge much more than that, but, um, I really, it just feels like we're giving characters time to to grow and mm-hmm. explore different relationships. And I like the fact that they're finally embraced the fact that Eleven isn't a normal person, and she's just not going to be able to acclimate. Yeah, team, right. Yeah, which yeah, I think true. is interesting. And and what I, another thing I appreciate about this show is that they embrace and they don't really make eighties clothes look good anymore. They show how bad they looked. 
Because if you look at Mike, when he shows up in California with that bad like neon hat, the floppy right. clothes, he looks horrible. Everybody looked horrible back that, then. Uh, that uh, Finn Wolfhard, his because I even saw him in the Ghostbusters film. He uh, is going through like a later teen awkward phase. His face looks super different between the two projects. You know, his just his face is very pointed. He's very skinny, but he, he just looks is like, like a, he looks like a rock, like a rock star, Charlie. Like yeah, he's very the heroin chic. Yeah, he's he very heroin like, chic. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's going to be a rock star at this point. Right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, and then I will say this: I don't know what the hell they're doing, but with Will's hair, please give Will a better haircut. You don't, you, don't, you, don't like, you don't like him with the with the Dorothy Hamill. You don't think that's working Nobody out? Nobody had that. No boys <laughs> had the haircut in the 80s, especially oh in high God. school. And if they did, they would be Will. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's tough stuff. Yeah, it's fun, though. Oh, I, love man. It. I love the fact that, um, you know, we we just it's just it's just a great show. I love Stranger Things. And, you know, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It it doesn't it's not in your face like there's 85 spinoffs. It comes right. out once every you know, this has been a long time coming and three years more yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad I'm glad they're breaking it up because I feel like like we said, Netflix drops everything. And it's like, oh, I move on and I don't remember what happened. In, on Netflix three months you know from now so I'm yeah, glad right. they're giving us some time to breathe so I can catch up because dropping eight episodes that are that long and right. to be up to speed is just it's lasting a lot for people in their time right exactly yes give us and thank God for the recap so anyhow that's it. That's it for the Geek Easy. Time to skip out on the tab. Once again, I can't believe they still let us in here. But I got to get the Air Qantas app. We got to get down to the land down under. That's right. The mutants are waiting for us. It's time for the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we are going... Back to the 70s. Yeah, that's right, folks. It's your geek's guide to the 70s. We did this a few weeks ago with the 60s, and now we're revisiting the 70s. The 70s um, were an interesting place for genre because mm -hmm. you essentially got better budgets. You were in color for the most part, and then you got essentially franchises started existing in the 70s, and you got right. more, more, more things that catered to younger people because back mm -hmm. in the you know kids were kind of not considered consumers you know as a consumer yeah. yeah pushing <laughs> the envelope because they basically children should be seen and not heard so that changed though after a certain generation right the yes the turbulent 60s oh the hippies but yeah. let's so kick it off break this down yeah let's yeah. kick it off so we're gonna we're gonna talk through a couple different categories we're gonna do sci-fi right. movies horror uh, so I'll put those together, actually, because uh, it's right. basically horror and sci-fi, uh, uh -huh. TV, toys, and cartoons. We kind of hit oh the that's goodness. hitting all the bases for the genre and the geeky stuff that we love. Right. So the sci-fi movies, you know, we we started getting more sophisticated science fiction. It wasn't just like weird monsters and rubber suits, and that's all right. you got. We got some budgets, we got some cool special effects, and you know, and, and I'm gonna list. We've got from Ranker. Thank you, Ranker. Uh, you know, we've got the top twenty-five, but we're gonna go through these fairly quick. The four sci-fi tv and it's a mixed okay. bag because there's some things that which is funny because i don't even consider them but um quite honestly we'll, we'll start it uh i'll start with 26 charlie all right two. work it backwards okay this is a weird science fiction show um that 
they they were synonymous by they were like in the far future were like these costumes almost like like uniforms and they rode in basically a uh, a sci-fi rv that's all oh it was my God. That, i love it it wasn't that the 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 precursor to space balls oh my goodness it could have been yeah i mean then one of my favorites battle of the planets this was an oh, animated yeah, show uh that came to the u.s i loved it i watched it in syndication growing up as a kid so that was where we started getting mm-hmm. more animation from overseas and animation started really taking over kids lives and it just wasn't the worst hanna-barbera cartoon like shazam well, as we talked about the the near worst Shazam right the near worst near worst slash best cartoon that I love that doesn't hold up but something that really introduced me uh, to uh, superheroes uh, which is funny because I'm a Marvel guy was a challenge of the Super Friends in oh, yeah. 1978 so this really gave us you know Superman Batman Robin uh, you know Lex Luthor and you know Gorilla Grodd and uh, Solomon Grundy and a lot of these guys kind of all up in your business so i love that but again don't really feel like much like any cartoon from back then just does not really hold up but at the time and again it it spilled into the 80s when i remember actually watching it i i just thought it was superb and got me kind of warmed up to the whole superhero concept even though marvel just ended up being more of my thing and marvel was not really blowing the doors off at this point because it was till the 80s that we got spider-man and his amazing friends and that's that was the one i dug yeah, um, it was a great. I love that cartoon. It was great because it brought in more superheroes. So definitely, and much better than the Super Friends. So I will, right. I will put it that way. Uh, but then we got Mork and Bindi, Charlie. Mork Woo-hoo. and Bindi was a sitcom, a spinoff of Happy Days, but right. sci-fi oriented with you know Robin Williams right. was really his debut, and it really wasn't more than just a sitcom, but still fun, you know, goofy and science fiction mm-hmm. based. So I'll take it. Right. You know why not? Totally um, fun. And, seven. Is that a series you've ever heard of? Blake Seven. Where? How Blake far? Blake Seven. Up? Yeah, Blake oh. Seven. Uh, it's a British mm-hmm. science fiction television series produced by the BBC. Four thirteen episode series. Uh, apparently, it's got really it created by Terry Nation, uh, who created the Daleks for Doctor Who. So it's to be one of the better science fiction shows of that era, as opposed to the. It. The ongoing Doctor Who, which obviously continued on to the 70s until today, oh, like, yeah. Star, yeah. like Star Trek. Um, but yeah, move, moving further up the list, Land of the Lost. Now, this got a uh, this got a revival of sorts in the mid-aughts, I think. Wasn't, wasn't that a uh, Will Ferrell project? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it was just a, a just to be like the goof, like the Brady Bunch version right. of Land of the Lost. But I love that series. I think it was a cross right. show, Charlie. And yeah, yeah, basically, the, yeah. the sleet stacks, and yeah, they found it was like the slam and theme song too. Yeah, and, and Will, yeah, Will and Holly, and they found the uh, expedition. Yeah, and goofy like claymation dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they found essentially the savage land under a you know patch of grass or whatever it was. I I don't know that I've ever I don't know that I've ever seen anything but a clip here and there. But yeah, um, yeah, a, a, a classic for the ages of his time. Something that was not a classic of the ages for the time, and this was thoroughly dissected on an episode of Code Forty Seven, is the animated Star Trek series, which aired in nineteen seventy three and nineteen seventy four. Wow, precursor to Filmation's He Man as far as the artwork style um even though they had some great uh writers that came back i think harlan ellison came back uh, i know that dc fontana was part of it david gerard uh gerard wrote a sequel to trouble with triple limited budget charlie unlimited budget that they spent on coke because that's what or weed frames of animation <laughs> right it was it was that's what wrecked it they had some decent stories but yeah sure. 
but uh, yeah, not not good stuff. But what was yeah. great stuff is a pre-Dallas Patrick Duffy and the man from Atlantis. Oh, my God. They couldn't get Aquaman rights. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, it was just exactly that. And again, Todd, this list you gave me, I'm just riffing off it because there's no information. But oh, I, rem- I remember the yeah. show um, being exactly as it described. I think Disney kind of find his way into the modern world, and he's trying to navigate that and so on and so forth. So, Only surviving citizen of Atlantis, Charlie. Oh, he my He possessed goodness. exceptional abilities, including the ability to breathe underwater. Yes. <laughs> he was found is, and recruited by the Foundation for oceanic research there oh boy yeah really quickly was night gallery so night gallery was a spin-off essentially rod sterling who created uh, the twilight zone created night gallery for the 70s it was once again telling more anthology tales a very cool show if you're rich yeah. just watch it watch it on channel 20 night gallery um once again leading into uh better value uh or sorry bar, better production values and more right. of those classic tales just not as well known uh nice, but what nice, was nice. a cool franchise charlie in the 70s was the bionics Ooh, yeah the six million dollar man and, yeah. and the bionic, bionic woman, woman. Yeah, so Lindsay Wagner and the iconic Lee Majors was obviously a six million dollar man. But yeah, it was a dude who was in Ozzy in a horrible car accident or something, and then it coined the phrase that we can rebuild him. We have the technology, and six million dollars was a lot of money in 1973. Where now it's like six million dollars, meh. But yeah, no, they turned him into this bionic dude. Same kind of thing happened to her, and then he became a crime fighter, um, secret agent, whatever it is. And yeah, that's a series that ran for at least a few seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I'm not looking at it, but I feel like it was on for a while. But yeah, that, the the bionic woman, of course, the woman follows the man in 70s parlance, was the spinoff. Uh, but both were very successful network shows because that's all there was. Um, but yeah, th- th- those were fun. How did they uh, sound, Charlie, when they used their abilities? Yeah, it was a precursor. Like, to what, tr- they fought like android bears and things. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, when there aren't enough bears. But also, oh my goodness, I didn't realize again. Is this TV? Was yeah, there? Was Logan's there? Logan Logan's Run was it? There, Logan's Run, which is a, a, a science fiction film from 1976, yes. spawned a. T- yeah, we should have gotten a list that actually had some information. Um, but actually had. Uh, clearly a spinoff i love logan's run it's one of these in a perfect society which turns out just like with planet of the apes which is also on this list turns out to be a post a post-apocalyptic modern world thousands of years in the future um people live in domes where they dedicate themselves simply to um banging basically in pleasure and stuff like that but everybody has a crystal on their palm that and the crystal goes off when you turn 30 and then you have to submit to ritualistic uh, public display of suicide where they yes, blow you because up because they don't like the olds they, they don't like the olds old. yeah exactly and, and then yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then it takes it seriously it's michael york who was uh then in the austin powers films and later he was basil exposition and the superb jenny augutter who was uh in the uh, american werewolf in london she was also one of the council members in the avengers movie so she's in the mcu um but yeah i love this i c- i would imagine the series one season 14 episode charlie yeah i was gonna say 
say, was it just a rehash? Did they continue? Because at the end of the film, they discovered exactly what I said that like, well, this is really our world, but mm-hmm. outside of the dome, there's a ruin, you know, they go to the Washington DC and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. But again, even higher up on the list is the planet of the apes, which was from 1974, which I get the feel, which again, same scenario. They got um, some of the actors, though, Ronnie McDowell's in it. Wow. So. Yeah. They'd say it's a, a ruined earth and, you know, uh, the, the, it, you know, again, the films, which is supposed to be set in the, the modern films were supposed to be set in the same chronology was that, you know, there was a virus, apes survived, people died out. And the ones that were there lost the ability to think and speak and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So the Planet of the Apes, how long was that one on for? Oh, good question. Um, let me look. At the, the, Uh-oh. There, there's not much here. Oh, okay. I it know. was, uh, I can tell you it was 14 episodes. Uh, see, that was, yeah, a lot of these are some serious one-hit wonders. Just like these next two, which are higher up the list, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the original series from 1978, and its uh, subsequent let's use all the same props and make it cheaper, Buck Rogers, both by Glenn A. Larson Ooh. on ABC. And I loved Buck Rogers, the TV show. That was like right. my show. I didn't care that about Battlestar Galactica. That was lame. I had Tweaky and Buck, and then Hawk joined the team, and then they left Hawk. Earth, and they wanted a ship, and they did different things. They get, they fired everybody from the first season and brought William Deary, and they said, let's go. Oh, my God. I get, you know, I that's one. It, and, and that's one. Let's see. I look at it. Where is that one on it? Where, who shows? Oh, Tubi, your favorite. And what's the, what's the other one? I don't even know. Yeah, the, the rights are a little bit odd. Yeah. Buck yeah. Rogers is one of those classic, you know, radio and, and, and right. uh, characters. So I'm not sure if I think there may be public domain. But and I, I lo- it probably is. I love the, you know, the original Battlestar Galacta is pretty corny. It was a direct Star Wars ripoff. They were trying to bring Star Wars to TV. It was too expensive for the ratings it got. So ABC gave it the axe after 30 episodes, which is funny. 30 episode first season, just like Star Trek, the original series, which is, which they also tried to cancel and they weren't successful. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the original uh, BSG had Lauren Green, Richard Hatch, Dirk Benedict. Um, Herb, Herb Jefferson was Boomer, and then the superb Marin Jensen was uh, yeah. was. Oh God, I'm drawing a blank. She was superb. But anyway, the <laughs> the number one series, the the one thing Marvel really got right in the 1970s was the Incredible Hulk, starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Uh, not at all based on the comic, because the no. Hulk was dramatically underpowered. He also wore sh- green shoes, uh, so that it was so- David Banner. Not Bruce Banner. Yes. And so Lou Ferrigno wouldn't step on glass when he was running around L.A. or wherever the hell it is that they shot this. Um, but it did employ one very important part of the series was that, you know, Dr. Banner was on the run. You know, that you know people didn't really put two and two together and know that he was the Hulk, but he knew that he couldn't settle down anywhere. So he he did the kung fu thing. He wandered from town to town, got into adventures, helped people. Na, 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 na. na very iconic na, thing. Na, 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 na. And he, while he's walking down the side of the road and hitchhiking. You know, I was somewhere last week. Where I was pulling, I was pulling onto an on ramp. There was a guy hitchhiking. I'm like, "Fuck no, dude! Are you out of your mind? That is not. That is, yeah, it was him. Oh my god, I can't. He did. He looked a little scruffy, but it was really him. Yeah, people don't hitchhike anymore. There's way too many. Oh, that's an cars. odd one. Yeah, a little yeah. sketchy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so great. Sh- and obviously, the Hulk went on to do different movies and things like that. But was really Marvel's first true success 
on right. the screen. Uh, one last, like, this is like a, a show you should check out, though, which is Kolchak the Night Stalker. Oh, really yes. cool, like, precursor to the X-Files. And actually, they had uh, Gavin, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Darren McGavin was actually oh, sure. the X-Files, kind of like as a tip the hat. Basically, it was a guy that investigated weird things, and it only lasted 20 episodes, but really influential on uh, sci-fi television all right well let, let's rock it through this movie slash horror thing pretty quickly because there's it's funny because there's a lot of uh adaptations quality. that switched over and a, a lot, lot of quality, quality. Yeah. yeah we've we've got on this list we got thx1138 which was george lucas's student film in 1971 so this was a well robert duvall and Do- donald pleasance about a dark dystopian police state i have never actually watched this one i'm gonna i'm gonna come right out and say it uh but i uh, should i did I, not I, either but yeah it was yeah. kind of considered george lucas's uh debut and kind yes, of his, exactly. uh, most iconic movie he made in regards to like quality versus you know just commercial success quality versus the prequels uh we got the andromeda uh, andromeda strain which i feel like was the first adaptation of michael Crichton's uh work I believe so uh, yeah. yeah so i i and again i I've, I've not seen this but this is a uh dangerous extraterrestrial uh microscopic organism and the 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 deadliness that ensues uh, when when it comes out of a downed research satellite, so sounds interesting. Uh, again, you know, I, Crichton is Crichton gave us Jurassic Park. He gave us the the client, the firm, all those really you know high end you know super duper big novel stuff. So but that Charlie, would be interesting. Yes, I'm going to tell you though the 70s. Guess who was king of the 70s? Charlton Heston. Oh, I would say Burt Reynolds. Yes, he was. He was because yes, this next great film, which my uncle introduced this to me when I was a teenager, Soylent Green, which came out in 1973. Soylent Green is people. Yes, in an overcrowded New York City in 2022, which is funny because in 2022 we had the coronavirus, which killed a bunch of people in the last couple of years. So, yeah, there are not 40 million people living in New York City as there are in this movie. But uh, you know, when you see him walking, he's walking. There's people, you know, homeless people passed out on his stoop and stuff. But yeah. The, the thing that's keeping everybody going is that there's a synthetic food stuff, which Charleston Heston throughout this film, because he plays a, a, an NYPD detective, that he figures out is actually made out of people, coining the famous line. Yeah, coining the famous line of the same uh, run. So, yes. That, fact, that, there's actually yes. a current drink you can buy, Charlie, called Soylent. I, so, you know, buyer's beer. <laughs> I know because I, the, I the rep firm I work for did rep it. I know I snapped a picture I've tried and, it and it's yeah. horrible. It's, yes, well, it's made out of people. It, what do you it, want? Well, I was going to say, yeah, the taste of people, you can't get it out of your mouth. Oh, my goodness. Moving on down, we already talked about Logan's Run, which came out in 1976. Loved it. Um, Rollerball in 75. Don't really know. Don't really know that one. Or The Visitor, which apparently is about basketball and Cousin It. This is an Italian film just based on the picture. This, I'm going to Charlie a picture. That's why a picture tells a thousand words. There you go. That's it for me. No idea yes. why that made the list, but let's ditch it and move over to horror movies. Todd. Uh, wait, you missed like half the list, Charlie. I know because we're moving. We're, we're trying well, to. Oh, I will just go through these very quickly. Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, I could definitely Kurt Vonnegut see that. Westworld. Obviously, we just got the HBO Max version of basically uh, animatronics at a uh, amusement uh, park. Uh, Sleeper. Woody Allen. Uh, don't know that movie. Don't know that movie. Silent Running. Interesting movie with Bruce, uh, Bruce Dern uh, on a uh, basically space station by himself. Uh, the Man Who Fell to Earth. David uh, Bowie. 
Uh, oh, that's uh, and, and, yeah. and that's and that's a remake. Uh, I don't know what list you're looking at. Did you go into the horror list? No, there's a second page. There's pages. Oh, yeah. I look. I, I crashed out. All right. Well, let's let, let's let's keep it going here. So yeah, Close Encounters uh, of the Third Kind, uh, another movie to check out. Um, and then if you remember uh, Sean Connery in a weird like weird outfit. Oh, Zardoz. Zardoz. Very weird. That's on, that is that is on my list uh, over on Hulu because I'd love to see it because just very one. Mad just Max go- Charlie. Uh, you know, we've got oh, yeah, the late 70s. Australian okay. fiction there, you know, and then right. uh, moving on to the last page, Buena's Dog. That was an interesting uh, movie about uh, the, the basically post-apocalyptic, uh, basically a psycho, uh, psychotelic telekinetic guy who could talk to his dog. Clockwork Orange, uh, oh you know, coming there. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We watched that movie last year, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, a really cool movie with Donner Sutherland, a classic um, Alien, 1979, which was essentially a horror film, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with them surviving. And then uh, obviously Star Wars, we don't talk about that. And then another movie we don't talk about either. So well, let's move on. <laughs> you know, the 70s were great for sci-fi movies. So horror, though, were they as good? Uh, you know what? They they really were. Obviously, Alien falls on the list, but we did have Halloween in 1978. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, daughter of Janet Lee and uh, and Tony Curtis, so Hollywood royalty, uh, broke in this uh, franchise, uh, which launched a franchise, which was then um, decanonized into the films that we have now. But pretty cool. Dude in a creepy Captain Kirk mask uh, terrorizes and kills kids and, like I said, launched a thousand sequels. Great soundtrack. Uh, no, Iconic. you bet. Awesome. Exorcist in 1973. Uh, this was, oh my God. Yes, this was, uh, oh God, what's his, what the hell's her name? It doesn't even say it in here. What is her name? Reagan. The, the, Reagan, but who's the name of the actress? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, blinking on her name as we... We're, we're, in, we're in big trouble. But anyway, it's crazy. Yeah, you got the demon daughters spitting out curse words at a priest, and it's fantastic. I first saw this next film probably within the last 10 years, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Tobe Hooper, who was, yeah, a... Toby. A, yeah, Toby. He pa- passed away relatively recently. But yeah, low-budget deal. Dude running around, it's exactly what you think it is. It's, you know, it's it's uh, rural Texas uh, and a guy with a chainsaw. What else do you want? We're talking about and aliens. Large, yeah, and largely actually like not grotesque because they didn't show you much. So right. it was really your imagination yeah. leading to the path of like grotesque. Right, and low budget, so they're not going to go too yeah. crazy with it. Um, Alien, we already mentioned. I always say there's yep. a great meme about it, which says um, the smart lady tells everybody what to do. They ignore her. At the end of it, everybody is dead except the smart lady and her cat at the end. Don't there trust an android. Don't, don't, and don't trust an android. Jaws, 1975, the first blockbuster scary? film. No. I mean, no, because, it, you know, it's, yeah. you know, the, you know, there's the suspense because the thing jumps out of the water and it eats the guy. I know people who are crazy about this movie. Like I'm crazy about Star Wars or Star Trek. I just, I just don't get it. I don't yeah, know. And it doesn't exactly again, have any good films after that. The first one was the right. iconic one. Everything after right. it was just crazy. It's like, right. oh, and then the, the shark is chasing down people. It's like, how? Right. But again, the, the first big summertime, you know, popcorn flick and his John Williams score, so on and so forth. All right. Let, let's pick the hits. Did out you of this see Black movie. Christmas, Charlie? No. I've never seen this movie. That's all right. Carrie, 1976. 
this was a movie that was filming at the same time as Star Wars, so they had some cross-pollination in the read, so that's why like William Cat read for Luke Skywalker. Carrie Fisher read for Carrie, but obviously the role obviously ended up going to Sissy Spacek. And then, yeah, her her, uh, her mother, Piper Laurie, really reminds me of my first wife, which is super creepy. <laughs> but great flick. And at the end of it, uh, oh, God, and also Nancy Allen and John Travolta are in it. Nancy Allen oh, yeah. uh, from uh, RoboCop, uh, who is yeah, his partner, uh, Lewis. So, yeah, no, love that flick. And, again, Stephen King is very big in this house, so we enjoy it. So Amityville yeah. Horror, the original, which I feel like I watched this again recently. This is uh, – um, Josh Brolin's dad, who is James Brolin, is the star, and Margot Kidder, uh, right after she was in the original Superman, um, based on a now debunked story about an old house in Long Island uh, that was cursed. This family moved in and terrorized, you know, spirits terrorize them and this and that. Um, so, and 22 films based on the happening of this house. This is the first and best, Early. which means don't bother with the rest. Did you see the the trailer I sent to you and John? Amityville Horror in Space. It might be the best movie ever made uh, for like $50. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah, guys, check out Amityville Horror in Space. Maybe I'll put it on SFU because I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, I do. I feel. I, I feel like we totally saw this next one, Salem's Lot from '79. Oh God, recently, I love this movie. Yeah, I watching it on Channel Fifty, like David Soul taking on vampires. I still think the 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 the, the head vampire, whatever he was, creepy as hell. Yeah. I love this movie, and they're making a new version of it. Of course they are. Dawn of the Dead, I adored uh, because, yeah, I, I love the franchise. Obviously, we talked about um, the uh, Night of the Living Dead in the last one, but this was the one that was in the shopping mall. Yes, totally the awesome. Mall? The cho- No, that was in the 80s. We'll talk about oh, that when okay. we get to the 80s. Never um, go to the mall. Let's not go to the mall. If, well, if I mean, you know, in, in this day and the age, you're not going to get um, zombies delivering your packages from Amazon. You're going to be okay. They can't drive. So they're <laughs> Gonna be driving that Amazon truck up and down your street. It's okay. Um, the nineteen seventy six gave us the Omen, you know, which was the 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 son of Satan. Great flick. I know I've seen this one a while back, but yeah, plenty plenty creepy, kind of like Rosemary's Baby, kind of the yeah. Rosemary's Baby, the same deal. Um, have you seen Phantasm? I I, I can't I remember have, if I've seen Charlie, it. Charlie, it is yeah. a very much a bad movie with okay. a man with a ball that has these little Jawas that attack people. <laughs> it's a bad movie series, and but people oh love God. it for its camp. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I loved it again. I I'm more familiar with the remake of The Hills That Have Eyes, which came out in '77, but it did have. Who the hell? I cannot remember this guy's name. Michael Berryman, uh, who's the weird looking dude, and he he was a he was in oh, yeah. um, he was in a Weird Science. He was when you, uh, in a, a, when you don't have a special effects budget, you get this guy. right. You get the yeah, exactly. He did it. Did an episode of Star Trek uh, TNG early on. So yeah, this was a Wes Craven film about yeah a family of course breaks down as they're traveling through the Nevada desert and you know uh, mutant uh, inbred cannibals come out of the hills and and give them a little give them a little noshing. So yeah, don't move out to the, the desert because there might be mutants. Don't move out to the desert. Yeah, I'm skimming. I'm skimming through. Here's a bunch of ones I've not seen. Tied anything stand out to you? I will have one. Yes, uh, the last movie I want to speak to is. The Trilogy of Terror, Charlie. Okay. I love this trilogy. It's essentially an anthology, but it's best known for the Zuni doll, which 
talk about something that's crazy, a little African doll that comes to life and chases this woman from his perspective. It's creepy. It's weird. I've seen this many, many times. Oh, my goodness. Wow, wow. Check it out. And lastly, I would say The Stepford Wives, an iconic movie that's been remade. I saw right. the original. It's well worth watching. Okay. Nice. Good but deal. Yeah, great time for horror. Holy cow. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, this was a longer list of stuff that you weren't like, oh, it's corny and there's a corny drawn poster of it. But uh, moving on, talk about a great time. Great time for toys in the 1970s. And again, Todd, you were born in 75. I was born in 76. So we were pretty young. We didn't get um, to what, play with all of these, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't, you know, they, but yeah, they, we, there's 30 items on this list. So we're just going to name them and go real quick on the, the, the Nerf, Nerf ball, ball. Charlie. Ex- exactly. I had a exactly Nerf what, basketball hoop. Everybody had one. It was awesome. Right. Good stuff. Weebles, they wobble, but they don't fall down. That's all you need to know. The don't skate- say skateboard. Skateboard? Like generic really? skateboard. skateboard. I guess. <laughs> oh, my. Yes, exactly. Evil Knievel stunt car. Oh, my God. The Etch-A-Sketch. No. The Etch-A-Sketch. Yes. Well, it says in 1960s, but whatever. The Pet Rock. That summarizes no. that summarizes the 70s and in no way that anything else could. What a stupid you, Nobody. Stupid I didn't thing. know Pet Rock. I mean, no. my parents didn't know Pet Rock. I think that was just like goofy. But Pong you think? in my oh, the first, owned a Pong. First commercially successful video game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just playing, uh, just hitting the ball back and forth. Totally awesome. Why but not? And stretch it Armstrong, Charlie. Seventeen hundred dollars. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, stretch. Yeah, stretch Armstrong. It was. Yeah, it was. A, it was a. It was a stretchy toy. And I think you know, like any toy, you find a way to destroy it. I think there was probably nuclear waste inside, and yes. that's what made it so stretchy. Ooh, Todd Micronauts wasn't that? That spawned a Marvel comic, didn't it? Well, and, and it was really where Micro, uh, Mego Corporation apparently tried to create something oh. cool. They made a Marvel comic out of it, but Micronauts. Right. Uh, they were magnetic, I think, too. Right. I never cared about the Micronauts. No Stop kidding. Making micronauts happen. Yeah, you get. Yeah, it's fetch. Um, a Mattel's electronic football. Oh, There's yeah. a cl- classic piece of junk that you had little dots that move up and down a field and buttons to try to control them. I, I wouldn't have any idea what to do with that. But what I know would know what to do with is Simon. The Simon Says game. Four colors. We all owned one. I think that was part yes. of like you were just you given must- one when you were born. <laughs> Push them in sequence, but also this was when we had, and obviously in the eighties from Texas Instruments, the Speak and Spell. Oh yeah, as, as, speak and as, math. I had as, the speak yeah. math and Speak and Spell. It was like Dane, Dane Cook does in a in a routine of his. It's Speak like the devil. Hello. Yes. You must yes. put you push my buttons. You must love me. Oh my God! Star Wars action figures. I think I've heard of those. Yes, came out in nineteen seventy eight. A year after. The film, uh, and it was the, the famous stories in the Christmas of 1977, Kenner couldn't get their act together and had to issue mail-in certificates on carded figure boxes that you would buy at your, at your, uh, your Kroger's or your, you know, K- what Kmart or Kresge's we had in Detroit. Um, but yeah, launched real action figures as they are today, and there are still diehards that love those Created like franchises and merchandise. Sure did. Okay. And yeah, George George Lucas was the guy who that's how he got paid. He wanted merchandising and he, and got he it. loves merchandising more than he likes making movies, folks. So you there. bet. Yes. Uh, let, but, let, you know, just, got, just look at Jar Jar Banks. <clears throat> yeah. So then we got Lightbright, which was still live and I basically took a piece of black paper, put little uh, mm-hmm. light uh, sticks in them, and you can make creations that would say boobs. Um, that's what everybody did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's pick up the pace. We got Rubik's Cube. 
We got the six million dollar man with the missing eye. You could look through him like a telescope. I remember right. that from the forty year old virgin. Uh, Boggle, which was a game that maddenly, mad, madlessly popped up if you didn't do something in the right amount of time or something like that. Ooh, featured uh, featured in the current season of Stranger Things. Connect Four. No, excuse no, me, the, the boys. boys. It was the boys. Yes. Yeah. And I loved Hungry Hungry Hippos I and Rockham Busters, Charlie. They oh have my god! They've a massive size, hungry, hungry hippos. Oh, you have to fl- like flip the switch. Rockham Sockham like- robots. We talked about these recently, didn't we? Uh no. I we totally did something. Maybe something they, oh, because they were recently. they were introduced in 1965. Oh, there you <laughs> so, go. Yes, we about. So uh, beyond that, we got Battleship. We've got oh, yeah. uh, beyond that, uh, Easy Bake Oven that my Ooh, company my. We've had a part in that with the Betty Crocker Corporation. Shrinky Dinks, we all made those, Charlie. Spirograph, right. which was you know uh, creations of pens and in a wild pattern. Uh, we have ants in the pants because everybody <laughs> loves that. Uh, and then right. other than that, slime. Was the oh last my God. thing that that was really made. survives to today, kids? I remember this from nieces and nephews, and even my kids. That moon slime stuff still yep. it's it's still a deal. Oh my God! Yes. Well, we're taking it home with cartoons from the seventies. We already uh, touched my favorite one, which was the Super Friends slash Challenge of the Super Friends, which is also on this list. But yeah, this was the the real dawn of the Saturday morning cartoon. So yeah, it was, you know, ABC's got their, you know, from Can't 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, yeah. Maybe Looney Tunes showed up, some really bad properties, low animation, but you got some live action stuff. Um, and yeah, we'll go through this really quickly. Um, uh, you know, the ones that really popped out at me, Charlie, Captain Caveman. <laughs> nice. going on there? Why was this guy created? He's weird. He was in the most recent Scooby-Doo movie that we just saw. Casper and the Angels. So obviously, we just teamed up a classic animated character with angels that were sexy ladies. Why? I, I, I like sexy. And yeah, a lot of the stuff is just right over my head. The Funky Phantom, which was another Hanna-Barbera. Oh, Filmation's the Ghostbusters. Now, it's funny. My my friends who do uh, run the various Ghostbusters clubs around the state, when they bring a TV, just like we bring a TV to show old Star Trek episodes, they're dying for content. So they're not going to show a whole movie. They will show the real Ghostbusters from the, from the 80s, the one that was based on the films. And then I remember last show I was at, he was showing this as well. And I was like, what the hell is this? Why would you show that? that? Yeah, the, the, real go, the, the Ghostbusters live action, which became a yeah. TV uh, cartoon in the right. 80s. Horrible. I mean, if you're going to bust ghosts, you might as well do it with an ape. I suppose, you know, is very disarming. Harlem Globetrotters. Now, this eventually tied back to Scooby-Doo, which tied back Correct. to Batman and Robin, a la the Super Friends. Um and I, you know, who, who who doesn't enjoy who doesn't enjoy a little sweet George Brown? It's good stuff. Yes, um, I mean, but it's better team them with Steve Scooby yeah. versus their own thing. No doubt, Josie. I, I'm skimming through a lot of the a lot of the scrubs here. Josie and the Pussycats uh, spawned a quasi entertaining film in the early 2000s. But yeah, uh, your first real girl group and. Were dressed exactly like you would expect with a name like that. So, it, but it, but it was fun. Uh, Sid and Marty Croft. This is your jam. Are they, were they Canadian, or do I just think uh, they're Canadian because they get mentioned in a B and L song? I don't know. I think I think I think they are considered Canadian. But yeah, the Croft Super Show. I mean, we've got like HR Puffin stuff. Uh, we've right. got Lidsville. All of those weird like uh, Electro Woman and Dina Girl. Right. Uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Magic yeah. Mango. It was just really bad live action stuff that apparently kids just craved anything that wasn't just like Westerns 
and like bad, like leave it to beaver. They were just craving it. So we were not of an age to actually have to be right, forced upon that, Charlie. We, were, we, we, were, we weren't uh, tweens, really. Or, you know, we escaped the, the between, 70s. Between the yeah. ages 6 and 12. Well, one thing that, that I know, just because I'm an enormous fan of this dude's music, is Mission Magic, which was a spinoff of Rick Springfield's early career before he really hit it big. Uh, Rick Springfield has been making music for... 50 years um but it took but he's only been he only had his first actual hit after he'd been making music for 20 years so he languished through everything he worked for universal studios was in uh, bit parts in wonder woman and the incredible hulk and whatever it is but he got this in 1973 it was an animated property around kind of enhancing his um his image and he was a cartoon and living in an alternate universe and doing the with with a teacher named Mrs. Tickle. Okay, wow. Knowing what because I've read his bi- because I've read his biography, that's really not Charlie, something I want to go into. I'm going to take a, a page of yours and saying moving on no, moving to the on. end of the show. Yes. Oh, Shazam and ISIS. Well, it's yeah. I thought now that was a that was a live property, right? Because yeah, it had the Shazam uh, and ISIS were both live and they were both horrible. I mean, Shazam going around in an RV solving crimes. Right. Not a good yeah, decision. and the uh, the absolutely beautiful uh, woman uh, Joanna Cameron, who played ISIS, passed away recently. Uh, but I believe this was about her only film credit. But she's pretty mag. mag- she was magnificent in this. Yes, I believe. Yes. Yes. And so, then, of course, as I had, go ahead, please. Oh no! I, if you have more to add to the no, 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 70s. I was gonna, I was going to jump into my love for the Super Friends, which again it was on from '73 and ended. It came back. They changed it. All new Super Friends are Challenge of the Super Friends, World's Greatest Super Friends. It went on to the '80s where they tied in kind of with the fame of the Superpowers line, which was mm-hmm. in like '84, '85, <laughs> um, and that yeah, that was the greatest of the dynasties, and that gave us uh, Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog, which were replaced by the Wonder Horrible. Twins. Yeah. yeah. The Wonder Twins, which can't hold their own enough even to make a TV movie. So, yeah, all annoying teen sidekicks, even if they're weird aliens, um, just going, uh, just is not going to crack it. But, yeah, I don't know, Todd, that's it for me. You got any of these others that really jump out at you? No, you I mean, I mean, one thing that we didn't we didn't talk about exactly was Wonder Woman. I don't think we even mentioned that the Wonder Woman. I don't know. Series. I don't know. How, I don't even know how that wasn't on the list. It should have been. Yeah, in the top that's 10. weird. But that was like kind of like the, the the I would say that was a big part because I I think of that Wonder Woman show, uh, the Bionic, uh, you know, woman, the Six Million Dollar Man. Right. Those shows were kind of like us getting our superhero. <laughs> excitement on and it was it was funny because it was a genesis for both of us separately even though you're more of a dc fan than i we both really stumbled upon marvel comics as our mainstay um even though what was really in your face in the late 70s through the early 80s was dc um yeah and you know marvel just had little touches of brilliance but for me marvel was because they published star wars that that's really what got me um but in in dc even to this day just seems sillier i guess than marvel characters but it's it's, so funny because everybody's like dc's so like grimdark and like it's so weird like D- Marvel to uh, DC was large part was just always silly and goofy. Yeah, so, because they, you know they they had you know yeah Ca- Captain Boomerang and stuff and a bunch of different people named Captain Mister Freeze and you know the sixty six Batman series. Anyway, uh, that's wild. So that's the seventies. We are back next week with the eighties, and we're going to have a special guest who is uh, who lived it a little bit more than we did. So that's that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but Toddy Todd, that takes us to the end of the program. It so, definitely does. And if you have memories of the 70s, let please us know. If you have thoughts about the 80s, 
let us know because we're going to yes. try to figure out a way to really condense this and really focus on some unique yeah, topics. Because we, we, we did, did like a wide net. 80s gets broader. So yeah, it's much yeah. more successful versus gotta, the 70s. Got to drill down exactly. So anyway, Todd, where do people find you out there on the internets? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Tioxtra. Uh I'm out there uh, trying to cultivate uh, interesting opinions and talking to folks and just kind of spreading the love about Secret Friends Unite and making new friends and bringing them onto the fold. Other than that, I would say check out our YouTube page because we're really – putting out some awesome content there. What right. you listen to is what you'll see here with which awesome seems backgrounds, bad reactions, and also some stuff we're putting out there. Like we just found a old video of Bobby Paul's from episode mm. 36 where Charlie right. was podcasting from a bed. We did. We, we, yes, we did. I was, I was, that was the, in the more intimate days of secret friends United. <laughs> what can I say? Um, but anyway, you can find me over on Twitter at the C three, spell it out. Uh, I, uh, the, my wife, April and I also run the USS Grand Petoskey, a chapter of the international Star Trek fan club here in West Michigan, where we're always looking for new folks to get involved in the stuff that we're doing and chatting about Star Trek. I also try to populate the, uh, secret friends unite Facebook page with, fun content uh, but always want to hear from you guys so hit us up on the twitter the socials and what have you but that's the show friends thank you as always for joining us i'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in the truck i love you but you're all terrible captain caveman this podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.